Welcome to the Knowles Development Podcast, an exploration in leadership development. I'm your host, Brad Knowles. Now let's dive in. So leadership is influence, right? It's often defined that way. Just as a as a way to simply break it down, leadership is influence. Do you have the ability to influence other people? Some people do more than others. I would think all of us have the ability to do it to some extent. Some are just more naturally gifted in it. And I would also argue that we can all get better at it. If I didn't think we could get better at it, I wouldn't uh, probably spend my life trying to help people become better leaders. So if leadership really is influence, um, I think it's important to understand how people are wired. Because there are certain aspects of human wiring that really play a role in how we can influence others. Now, I want to start this whole conversation with a caveat of the following. When I speak of influence, I obviously speak of it in a positive way. I'm speaking of it in a way where the impact and outcome of having influenced them is going to be better for them, going to be better for the organization, going to be better for humanity as a whole. Now, obviously, there's been a lot of the influ- leaders out there who have had a great deal of influence that haven't had that as their desired effect. If you want to question that at all, I, I, I get it. Go back and listen to the podcast on integrity. And I think you'll get some insights there. Integrity has to show up with this. It's just an overarching part of the conversation. Assuming we're working through that filter, it is about influence. And if we're going to influence people, we've got to understand how humans are wired. There are some baseline wirings that just show up in human beings. And there's seven big ones, seven big biases that I think we want to talk about. I'm going to dive into one of them today, and that is reward and punishment. This is a a response tendency of human beings, right? Incentives cause the bias. If there is a reward for an action taken, I'm more likely going to do that reward more and more. If there is a punishment for an action taken, I am going to do the thing less and less. This should make sense, right? The brain is an algorithm. This is why we should be, you know, just as a sidebar here, this is why we should be a little bit nervous of our ability to build algorithms because effectively we're building better and better artificial brains. That's what we're doing. Well, at some point, somebody who's not going to be a person of integrity is going to build an artificial brain just as powerful as ours. Well, what damage might that do? So is leadership important? Yeah, Darn right it is. The brain is an algorithm. This is how this evolved, right? Repeat behavior that works. If I spend time, you know, looking for food, I find food. So I'm going to spend more of my time looking for food, ergo hunter-gatherer. Works means rewards, right? 
reward at its basic could be safety, security, love, you know, food, nourishment, da, 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 right? Of course the brain's going to evolve that way. Survival is going to be based off of it. The inverse is also true. Do something that hurts you physically, emotionally, mentally, hurts the organization, hurts the, the tribe, the family unit, whatever. We're going to quickly learn not to do that. Now, something to be stressed here is the timeliness of the connection is key. The timeliness of the connection is key. In other words, the things that respond quickly, the action that quickly produces the reward is going to burn deeper connections in the brain than the ones that are uh, that have a, a, a longer time delay, right? And that's where sometimes our our short-term rewards are not the right rewards to be focused on, but they're the harder ones to get over, okay? So how did it evolve? Well, of course it evolved. It evolved like, like that's how we survive as a, as a species, by having our actions turn into rewards that are meaningful for us in terms of survival. So what is it? It's self-interest. It's reward-driven behavior. Behaviors are conditioned by prompt rewards given after an action. So as you think about that as a leader, understanding that the longer the, de the, the delay gratification is of the reward, the harder it is to get somebody to do the action. It's easier to work in a sales environment where if I do this thing today, I make more money today than in a sales environment where if I do the right thing today, six months from now, I'm going to make more money. Think of the delay gratification of that reward as it pertains to the action taken. You want to know why a lot of people fail in real estate? Boom, right there. The reward for the action has at least 90 days attached to it. But the biggest rewards come from the delay gratification. So we've got to understand that that's how people are wired. Incentives cause bias. And they do it consciously and subconsciously. People are going to do things based off of the incentives, and sometimes they're going to recognize it and do it proactively, and sometimes they're going to do it in an unconscious way. There's a great example, not a great example, it's a dark and disturbing example. But there's an example of a doctor who, um, who was getting a financial incentive to remove, I believe it was the gallbladder or the spleen, I forget which. And because there was a research center in the area that was paying a real premium on those, you know, hey, if you happen to need to remove somebody's spleen, um, you know, we're going to pay you a significant amount of money for it. Well, fast forward a relatively short amount of time, that doctor suddenly has a bias that everybody's spleen is the cause of every problem. And when really looked at, it was subconscious. He was not consciously taking people's organs out because of the financial reward. He genuinely convinced himself that that really was the center of so much of people's problems. The bias can be conscious and subconscious, so we got to be we got to keep that in mind. Here's the other thing to keep in mind: humans tend to game human systems. 
if they can find a way to game it, they're going to. That doesn't mean everybody's a crummy person. That's just how people are wired. If I can find a way to game the system, I'm going to game the system. If I can find an easier way, I'm going to do it. All of humanity has proven that. It's snowing in Maine. As I record this right now, it's snowing in Maine. Well, I can shovel my driveway. I can shovel my driveway with a really good shovel. I could snow blow my driveway or I could pay somebody to do it. Most people, when given the option, are going to take the easier way. They're not going to proactively go, yeah, I think I'll keep shoveling even though I can afford a snowblower. It's how we're wired, people. Punishments also inhibit bad behavior. They really do. But it's got to be tied to the action. Again, as quickly as possible. Some of the things that keep people from doing the things that they know they need to do is that the punishment is so far off in the distance. Not investing time in my marriage isn't necessarily going to show up as a punishment today because I didn't invest the time today. But repeated over time, it's going to turn into the fact that over 50% of the marriages in our country fail. We don't invest the time in them. Well, of course they're going to fail. But they're not going to fail the first day you don't invest the time. They're going to fail as a cumulative effect of it. The punishment is so far out that it doesn't change the behavior. This is how people are wired, folks. If we're going to spend time influencing people because leadership is influence, we've got to understand how they're wired. Let's talk about common incentives. Money. Friendship. Sex. Not going to spend a lot of time on that, but that's a real one. Advancement in status. These are common incentives for positive behavior. How are your current incentives working in your organization? And are they getting you the responses that you're looking for? Are we really incentivizing for the right thing? A conversation I have all the time. All sorts of businesses want to um, have people who are on the phones calling for new business, right? You can call it an inside sales rep. You can call it an outside sales rep. We can call it business development, lead gen, whatever you want to call it. A human on a phone calling people, proactively working to drum up business. Most of the people that I coach, most of the people that I talk to, The majority of that person's income, that role's income, is going to be tied to setting an appointment, getting the person to take some sort of action that leads to increased business. Now, if I set up the wrong incentive, here's what can happen. If I highly incentivize somebody to set an appointment for me, then their goal is going to be to set appointments. Great. Here's what can happen. They set a lot of appointments. The people don't know what the heck they're meeting with me about and have no interest in my product. The problem is I've just spent a mountain of time meeting with those people. And I've paid somebody to set those appointments, which have turned into nothing. Instead of that, what I should be doing is incentivizing for something completely different. Incentivize for the outcome that we're looking for. The outcome isn't the appointment. 
the outcome is closed business. How do we tie their actions to closed business? Many times it looks like this. I want the near-term incentive. Yes, the appointment can lead to closed business. So some sort of incentive there. But have that be the minor incentive, not the major. $20 set the appointment. $100 appointment turns into closed business. See what I'm saying? We've got to make sure that we've built in the right incentive. And here's the beauty of it. If you really understand a person's motivation and we can build an incentive program around helping them get where they want to go that's in alignment with the organization, we usually don't have to have too many punishments built in. We can stay focused on the incentive. Inevitably, I would say punishments do need to happen. And ultimately, the punishment usually comes down to whether you stay in business with that person or not. This opportunity, after some sort of warning system, three strikes policy, probationary period, performance improvement plan, whatever you want to call it, after going through some sort of process like that, ultimately, this opportunity is not going to be there. That status won't be there. That money won't be there. I would encourage you to keep 80% of your focus around reward. If we're constantly threatening people that they're going to lose their job, that's not going to be a positive work environment for anybody. Don't reward behaviors you don't want. I know that sounds really simple, but if you're if you're getting a lot of behavior that you don't want in your organization or your team right now, I want you to seriously take a look at your rewards and punishments that you have established. Because something about those right now is leading to the behavior you don't want. Reward the behavior you want and do it as close as possible to the time the, the, the behavior happened. Be cognizant of the fact that just by our very nature, we are wired to want to game the system. So think about how you would game it. And make sure that you've put in measures to keep that from happening. You know, I think that was, uh, what was it, Wells Fargo, right? People are highly incentivized to open new accounts. Well, some people went rogue and found a way by being somewhat deceitful to open new accounts for people who didn't realize they were opening new accounts. So now they're getting bonus because they did the thing that the bank wanted them to do. The only challenge was that the customer didn't want it. This wasn't one person. This wasn't one group. This was thousands of people gaming the system. Are all those people bad people? I kind of doubt it. We created a structure that rewarded them for doing something that we really didn't want them to do. The leadership of that organization has to take responsibility for that. Yes, the person who did the act probably knew that they shouldn't be doing it well, so there's responsibility there. But the, but the leaders of the organization have to take responsibility for that. Now, here's a funny one on this, especially because of the source that it's coming from. Many of you work with me because of a professional relationship that we have, and effectively, there's an exchange of money involved in that, right? Well, that's an incentive. This is one I'm taking directly from Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett's partner. 
Charlie says it this way, fear professional advice, especially when it is good for the advisor. Fear professional advice, especially when it's good for the advisor. If your advisor is constant answer is pay the advisor more money, that's a problem. And I'm saying that as a coach that many of you pay. If my advice to you is consistently beneficial for me, you should you should take some serious pause in that. And hopefully that you you all see in in what we do that we don't spend a bunch of time trying to hawk other products to you, right? We don't want to be known as a coaching and training company who is spending the majority of time time getting you to try to sign up for some other thing. If anything, by signing up for one thing with us, we're trying to give you as much other stuff for free or at a discounted price. Think of a financial advisor that works for an institution that has its own products to sell and how often that financial advisor's answer to where you should put your money is buying investment vehicles owned by or beneficial to the very organization that the financial advisor works for. Can you see where Charlie Munger would come up with that? You know, I work for Fidelity, so, you know, where you should invest your money is in Fidelity products. That's the man with a hammer syndrome. For a man with a hammer, every problem is a nail. We've got to be cautious against that. If you're part of an organization that does a really good job in training, one of the things that you're going to have to do is be proactive to getting advice outside that organization. It can really be easy to get caught up in groupthink, and rewards can be built into that. Certain status can come from, hey, you're part of this organization. Great. Oh, and you, now you've gone deeper and you invest more money? Great. So now you get this status. You get that status. That is a reward punishment bias classic right out of the book. One of the best investors of all time is telling you, fear that kind of professional advice. Especially when it is good for the advisor. When the advice is good for the person who's giving you the advice, slow down. And and when it comes to leadership, check yourself. Is the advice you keep giving people good for you? Or are we really putting them first? Are you putting your clients first? Are you putting the members of your team first? I can't tell you how many times in an interviewing process I'm working to give advice to people that is disincentivized to the desired outcome for our organization. I think that's the one of the ways that you keep honest people honest in this. How do you give them advice that isn't going to benefit you at all? Great. Make sure you're doing that too. If the advice for somebody on your team is maybe they should start their own team, don't shy away from that conversation. That may be the one thing that keeps them on your team is the fact that they really do know that when push comes to shove and they're seeking your advice, you're going to give them the best possible advice, not just the advice 
that is incentivized to help you and your organization. Understand this bias. It is rich. It is prevalent. It is everywhere. You have it. I have it. Everybody you're trying to influence has it. You must be cognizant of it if you're going to be an effective leader and influencer. Hope it's been helpful. Yay, psychology. (laughs) Go out there and make it a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.